the future. A relentless, desperate wasteland ravaged by nuclear war. With the destruction of the internet and search engines such as Google, accurate information about the past is traded like currency. Two brave travelers are commissioned with the dangerous task of going back through time to gather as much information as they can to find out about the late 20th and early 21st centuries in hopes that a future society may rebuild what was lost and avoid the horror of a smoldering radioactive planet. But there is a catch. The travelers journey back across eons of time is a one-way trip, leaving them stranded in the past. There's no way to communicate their findings to the future other than burying reinforced time capsules in the ground. In the hopes that one day recordings such as these will be unearthed to provide a glimpse of the world that once was. This is the mission of the crispy coated robots. And it must succeed. Hey, it's Jim. And it's Joseph. And it's George. Welcome to episode 159 of Crispy Coated Robots. Today, exciting episode. We are talking about the best roles of actor Gary Leonard Oldman. Mm. Okay. Born in 1958 in New Cross, England. Uh, nicknamed Gaz. G-A-Z. Really? For, for, yeah. So those of you that... Uh, you know, or in tight with him, it's Gaz. But he's an English actor, filmmaker, known uh, for his versatility and intense acting style. Uh, all sorts of awards, Academy Award, uh, Golden Globe Award, three British Academy Film Awards, three of those. Uh, but a very diverse career. He d- He's done theater, film, television, but again, always these over-the-top antagonists. That, that's when I like him best. But uh, that is topic number one today, Gary Oldman roles. And I will be honest, topic number two, I don't quite understand. I know what the home <laughs> office said, but... Um, Only Nebular could explain. Okay, well, give it a shot. Boys, we're talking about the best time in the day and the best day of the week so we're talking about the best time during the week okay all right i think we just <laughs> uh, go with right. it and we see uh, if we're right with our answers that's the only thing we can do at this point this this may be the dumbest uh, topic <laughs> that, that we have no i think it's a lot of personal story really know what time it is There was time now. There was was all the time I needed. It's not fair. It's not fair. That's That's all we needed was the bird to scare. We didn't know that. Oh, that was great. Well done, Tom. Well done. Well uh, done, sir. Well yeah, done. Best. The Burgess Meredith. There was That's time a, now. There was uh, time now. Let's yes. start with there the was time now. <laughs> <laughs> there was was all the time I needed. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not fair. Yeah, we're, we're now we're gonna, gonna compare uh, Jim's uh, impersonation. Go ahead. <laughs> we're yeah. actual go Burgess ahead. Meredith. There was time <laughs> yeah, go, go go ahead, Jim. You do it. There was time now. There was was all the time I needed. <laughs> Not fair. For those that are uninitiated, uh, that is a scene, uh, Burgess Meredith uh, in Twilight Zone. Uh, what What is the classic? The uh, time? Uh, uh, as you ask, I forgot it. Um, what was it called? Oh, crap. We've, we've only talked about it a hundred times on the show. Yes, we uh, have. Tom, I'm surprised you didn't do that time for timer thing. Remember that? Y'all remember that? It's time for no, timer. That's right. Yeah. that's right. We're just Meredith. Uh, you need yeah. cheese and apples, right? Or something? Yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and 
time time enough at last. No, time enough at last. Yes. Yeah, I actually go. have a shirt that has the broken <laughs> glasses on a on a pile of books. So uh, oh, nice. Sabrina got that for me for Christmas one year. And you can listen to our best Twilight Zone episode. Oh uh, yeah. Episodes, which is yeah. good. Spoiler, that'll be in there. That'll be sure. in there with tons of impersonations of oh yeah. Shatner, you know. Oh yeah, we have all, the, yeah, that everything. is probably the most impersonated uh laden episode. So go flock to it. Yeah. Don't, don't either right either go listen to it or don't avoid look. it like the plague. Whatever your whatever your dispensation is. All right. that, so. Gary Oman rolls number five. Yeah, got Joseph. Uh, number five, love it from 1990. So this is early in his movie uh, oh, career. Yeah. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. He's playing the role of Rosencrantz, but he gets confused with Tim Roth as to who is who which is what Tom Stoppard, the writer of both the play and the movie, he was also a director in it. This is a play about two very minor characters in the play of Hamlet. And what Tom Stoppard does is he uses ideas of physics to talk about philosophy. So they go back and forth, back and forth. Gary Oldman, Tim Roth, top of their game, coming both coming off of like, really, you know, a sterling reputations as uh, stage actors. And so that's like why it's my number five. Huh? <laughs> they look very similar in the, in the picture. They look very similar. And I did this in high school. This is a play that I did in high oh, school. It's actually nice. Rosencrantz, so I have a little personal. Are you sure oh, you were... do, a, do a soliloquy. Do like a little monologue for us. I'm sure you remember. Uh, yeah, from 1985. I don't think so. <laughs> Go ahead. Come I can't. On. I really can't. <laughs> I think you know Joseph only acts whenever there's money and coin involved. That's right. That's so right. he's not he's not giving it away for okay, free. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do the opening. I'll do the opening. Okay, cool. Heads. <laughs> Heads. Nice. Heads. And I'll do that like 20 more times because yes. that's that's the opening scene. So they're yes. they're tossing that's a coin. Nice. That was good. Uh from <laughs> ni- 1967, right? Wasn't that when this uh oh. the original play was? Oh 19- yeah, oh, the not play, the movie. Yeah, yeah the yeah. the <laughs> you said yeah. went the movie. I was like, really? Uh all right, no. George, what is your number five? My number five originally called Love Kills. This is uh, him as Sid Vicious in Sid and Nancy. This is 1986. Actually, number set two. In, in 1978, not even 10 years before this movie was released. And it's the story of punk rock band Sex Pistols, crazy temperamental bassist Sid Vicious, after the group broke up and his relationship with girlfriend Nancy Spongebob. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> I know it starts with an S, uh, but uh, it just, it is hard to watch because it's, it goes into the depths of drug addiction and codependency. And, uh, but one interesting thing about this, Jim, Oldman wore Sid's real chain necklace from the movie. It, he was doing research and he met Sid's mom and she gave, at first she was kind of a little standoffish, but they had such a, warm kind of interaction that she said that she wanted him to, to wear that. And, uh, but back to uh, a segment that we used to have, what might have been Alex Cox second choice for the role, Tim Roth. It, it, it was not Tim Roth, Daniel day Lewis. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. That's right. That's but right. Th- this was the first film that, that made me sit up and take notice of, of Gary Oldman. But Same uh, here. I mean, but the sex pistols themselves hated the movie and take what oh, you yeah. will about the intrus, not the not truths of the movie and, and just the dramatization of things. But Gary Oldman is definitely his, he cannot be denied as this is a great part for him and a great uh, acting. So, I mean, the, I mean, the, despite the movie have being flawed, you know, because we all are musicians and we know some of this history. So when we see stuff like in the Queen movie played out of sequence, we go, hey, wait a minute. But yeah. there's one thing that cannot be denied that uh, his his uh, uh, lead role in this was. Yeah, just John, Johnny Rotten said, uh, yeah, the, the about the only thing they got right is he was named Sid. 
Well, <laughs> typical Johnny Rotten. He, he, did, he did I mean, not, that's just typical. John John Lennon did not feel that he was portrayed accurately. He's like, they may be a fat idiot, and I'm kind of like, well, well. He, he, he's kind of true. I I mean, I watched it recently, and he's up there, you know, doing that famous line. You ever feel like you've been cheated? It's oh yeah, guy who's about forty pounds heavier than because he's like super skinny in the actress. yeah back then yeah yeah gold uh, Goldman Goldman Oldman <laughs> uh, Goldman Sachs uh, Oldman actually he had to go on a, a a diet to get down to the the heroin thin yeah uh, version of of vicious uh, in this uh, I don't remember what it consisted of but he he practically was starving himself to get down to that yeah that it was really pretty narrow, narrow frame yeah. and, but, uh, and do y'all remember the real life future rocker that was in Sid and Nancy uh, no Courtney Love oh, oh okay. she she wanted to play Nancy yeah, yeah. so uh, she played Nancy's best friend yeah in the movie, yeah that that's was right. Like, but Way if you want to see a better version of the Sex Pistols, it's a mini series. It's on Hulu. <laughs> that version's a lot better to me. Even well, though the, that's, the Filth and the Fury is the Filth is and the Fury is a great documentary too. That's probably the number. That's probably number one. Thank you, George. But the one on Hulu with Danny uh, Danny Boyle did is pretty good too. That but that's from Steve Jones' perspective. So that's you know another story told a different way. Yeah. Um, all right. So my number five, another musical legend, played by Gary Oldman. From 1994, Immortal Beloved, uh, where he played Beethoven. And Beethoven has like a love letter to one of his uh, Immortal Beloveds. It's, it's not, uh, it doesn't mention any women. Then we see this kind of trail of women that he's been through. Is he a woman hater? Is he an abuser? Is he just a uh, confused artist? Uh, but Ullman, you know, it's kind of that the same kind of period as the Dracula. He's really good in the powdered wig and all that stuff too. And really kind of pulls it off and really even when he's conducting it remind me a little bit of Amadeus because it's told from the perspective of another rival yeah, you know right. so it reminded me of that but I think he shines even though it's basically the Tom Hulse role <laughs> but my number five is in playing Beethoven in Immortal Beloved from 19 this is uh my number three oh, this wow. is my number three uh on it please, and please elaborate uh, uh well you know it's it's based on a letter that is, it, like you said, Jim, it's sort of this uh, anonymous letter that he calls Immortal Beloved, thus the title on there. But it really sort of just talks about the end of his career, you know, of him going deaf and how he handled that. Uh, it is uh, sort of this this relationship between uh, this up-and-coming female transcriber, because that's pretty much all you could be at the time, you know, if you were a woman and all that, and she's really talented. And uh, he was really good in it. it. During interviews, he talked about how he felt closer to Beethoven than to uh, Sid Vicious, in the sense that he said that, you know, during the whole filming of Sid and Nancy, he was listening to, like, Bach. Right. And yeah. Mozart, he's like, I cannot stand the trash and all that. And yet he does such a great job. So I think, you know, if you look at his career, Oldman really does have the ability to take on real life figures. And whether or not it's accurate or not, he definitely creates a character that's very believable and that, you know, has emotional content to it. Uh, and this was one of them, 1994. Like I said, I thought he was on a hot streak in the nineties, like when it didn't really out. do that well, as far as like, it's still acting wise hot street, but this movie did not do that. Well, it's more of an arty. This was a river Oaks theater yeah. movie yeah. for yeah. me. Uh, whenever I saw it. Yeah. Because it was, it, it had sort of that international vibe to it. It was not like a commercial kind of thing. It was more art house, uh, which is why I went see it because I thought, Oh, okay, this is sort of cool. And really, <laughs> even in 1994, I didn't know who Gary Oldman was. I just knew that there was this guy, this terrific actor that did all these great characters. So, good. Watch the trailer. It it's very funny, though, because it's the Gary Oldman from Dracula and this stuff, and they get to Valerie Galino. They say, Valerie Galino from Rain Man and Hot Shots 1 and 2. <laughs> <laughs> I was really surprised that was in the trailer, because they give all, all these actors are getting, like, Isabella Rossellini from da-da-da-da-da, all these these big movies, and then No, I'm not joking. We have to put what, the... Wasn't she, wasn't she in uh, Big Top Pee Wee? Yeah, yeah, As but they, well? they yeah. didn't mention that one. They mentioned Rain <laughs> Why Man. Why not? That's a work of art. But we need to put a link to that trailer, because it's such a serious trailer at the end. And Valerie Galino. 
from uh, from uh, Rain Man. That is hilarious. <laughs> that is great. I'm not, I'm not Talking about um, the uh, River Oaks Theater, this is going to be a big commercial for River Oaks Theater. That's where I saw Rosencrantz and, and Guildenstern are dead. Was in that theater. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's funny. Tying in together. That's Let's see right. if it happens on the time time of the week, best time of the week. <laughs> Joseph, what is your number five? Okay, so according to Fortune magazine, oh Monday oh nine forty five is the best time to trade stocks, and that is because there is more movement in the stock uh, trading uh, going on in the first fifteen minutes of its opening. So whenever I say nine forty five a.m., I'm talking about Eastern Standard Time. Uh, when it goes on there, people that wait a little bit longer and all that, all of a sudden the day starts to stabilize. There's mo- more movement in the first hour of the opening than any parts of the day. Monday is a great time to buy, and obviously Friday is a great day to sell. So there you go, Monday, 9.45 a.m. George, what's your number five? All right, so uh, it's going to be... It's going to be Tuesday afternoon at at one thirteen, because that's what time it is right now. So, oh wow, that's a that's an honor to us. What Thank you so much? Yeah, t- Tuesday. Here, let me just do that. Wow, Tuesday. Office is not going to be pleased with this one. You know what? I didn't understand this topic. What? Uh, here, I'll even put <laughs> Central Time there. Okay. Uh, my number I'm, five is. Uh, <laughs> Thursday at dusk, because it's the eve of the weekend. You get to Friday, you one more day to go before you get to the weekend. Thursday at dusk. And then you get that kind of golden time of the day, too. You can sit back on your porch or whatever with a, with a cocktail. So I, I appreciate that, Jim. Dusk. I appreciate that. There's a little bit of thought going on there. <laughs> I, I, I so appreciate that. It's like the nut episode <laughs> with this guy, with the nut. <laughs> the nut of the show. Yeah, yeah I, got, I got your nut right here, dude. <laughs> yeah. Picking picking on my nuts the whole show. I got it at one fourteen right here. See this? <laughs> you see where the big hand is pointed? No, I don't, I don't see anything big over there. All right, oh. well, let's go down to uh, number four, Gary Oldman. Joseph, what you got? Uh, his role for uh, Jack Grimaldi uh, from nineteen ninety three, Romeo is bleeding. Uh, this is, this is again, you know, it's, it's same period, you know, that he's, he's doing all these great movies. Uh, it wasn't a big hit, but boy, talk about great movie. It was a, a take on a, uh, a film noir, uh, genre kind of thing where he plays this really sort of, uh, anti-hero corrupted cop that tends to work for the mob and give them information like where witnesses are staying and all that. So they can take care of those witnesses and all the safe houses. Yeah. And it becomes this kind of thing of where he, you know, he's, he's basically a guy that thinks that he can con the world because he's not only, you know, in his role as a police officer, but he's cheating on his wife. He has several different mistresses and all that. And he encounters one too many, uh, and his world starts crumbling down. This is such a great movie, completely intense. All those things that George was mentioning about his, you know, uh, roles as an actor. He's not a likable guy. Uh, it's super intense. It's a great movie. Have Have either of you seen it? No, long time ago. Yeah, this is this is a good one. You need to revisit it, George and Jim. Like, what a surprise! You can go and it's new to you. I think this is definitely worth looking at. Yeah. Okay. He he's always great as a corrupt cop. Uh that that is uh we'll we'll talk more about corrupt cops. Uh oh little teaser yeah. from George there. Yeah. George, what's your number five? It is Terrace Igor Khrushchev. Uh I don't think I'm doing that justice. <laughs> uh but it's uh Air Force One uh from, from 1997. Uh the plot uh let, let's face it it's basically die hard on a plane okay get off my uh, plane get off my plane uh terrorists hijack air force one while the <laughs> president played by harrison ford and his family are on on board oldman plays the lead terrorist and uh again it's this claustrophobic 
sense of, you know, they're all in the same place and, and the president has to, uh, an alarming uh, high body count. I don't remember what the, the total count is on it, but a lot of people uh, dying in this movie uh, for there to be a, a very small group. But uh, Oldman got the name nickname from this scary Gary uh, because during the filming he'd uh, you know, he'd be really kind of comedic and Harrison Ford, they would play together, you know, kind of off screen. And then the director would yell action and Oldman would instantly snap back into this menacing uh, film persona. Again, Um, Harrison Ford said about Oldman in this role, that it is his favorite on-screen nemesis of all time, which is saying a lot because he almost had dinner with Darth Vader one time. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Gary Oldman took it as this uh, Russian terrorist. But uh, I'm just going to go terrorist Igor. Uh, okay. or Edgar, Edgar. I think it's Edgar. Uh, but anyway. We'll take your word for it. All right, my number five is Count Dracula, but he's not the Bela Lugosi Dracula. He's actually three different versions of Dracula. You have the really old Dracula who has that memorable scene where he cuts and licks the razor, which is still kind of gross to me. Then you have the hipster Dracula where he's got the top hat and the little glasses. (laughs) That's right. That's right. And then you got the soldier Dracula. Now, the movie is flawed. I mean, I think Keanu Reeves, as we all know, is famously stilted. Yeah. This did not make our Keanu Reeves episode for sure. But Ullman, once again, with that delightful laugh, especially as the old Dracula. uh, I am Dracula. There you go. (laughs) And I bid you welcome, Mr. Harcourt, to my house. It was never nice. Then you got it paired up against Anthony Hopkins too. George, I'm guessing this is on your list. Uh, it is not on my list. Honorable, Honorable mention. mention. Not, okay, okay. Not on my list. I, I yeah. thought that you had the actual uh, sound that would be on there. For some, uh, Tom. No, Tom, that's Tom's a fan. Okay. Tom, Tom's got like his own list going over there. So, you know. <laughs> so. but you know, and he also can appear as the fog, which it was time now. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was. You're just showing off. Give him any attention. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, I think the movie would be better remembered and is remembered pretty much if, uh, you know, maybe the, some of the support was better, but people remember this movie for Gary Ullman as Dracula and they grew some images, especially as the old Dracula with the kind of uh, B Arthur wig. Uh, (laughs) i mean this this was you know visually it's an amazing movie coppola was doing a great job you know using a lot of soft lens kind of effects and all that and i think you're right jim i think that you know everyone remembers oldman and and in all honesty some critics said that he was overacting in this but i think it's just because keanu reeves was underacting so much i mean dracula's got to overact look at bill exactly no i love this i i I love this movie on there definitely an honorable mention for me i think it's good good and and i think it's funny uh, like you say the uh, we're so used to a certain version of of dracula and then you see wow, this is this kind of uh, really good-looking Dracula with the shades mm-hmm. and, and everything. Moves uh, on Winona yeah. and all that stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's move back to time of the week, number four. Joseph. Okay, so uh, according to Expedia, the cheapest day in time to book flights are Sunday. It used to be considered Tuesday to book your flights, but now it's Sunday, and they say, you know, don't really worry about like the 4 to 5 a.m. slot. You know, sleep in a little bit. Around 8 a.m. on Sunday is the best time to book your air flights. All right. George, what is your Hang number on, let four me, best time let me, of the day? Let me put all this on the board here. Uh, air flights, because I am not going to remember any of this. Uh, okay. Are you going to remember your number four best time of the day? Uh, it is going to be, uh, brace yourself, Jim. It is going to be. Tuesday afternoon at uh one twenty one. Oh my gosh. We're gonna get a letter so bad. Do, do you see a, a little the pattern? Office here, is going to be George's screaming on the selections are gonna make it. So <laughs> this uh, is who knows? Yeah. Uh, uh I need to say something about air flights. Is that uh is that the no, 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 you're you're fine. You're just not gonna make it. So we just we'll just take that from here. All right, my number four is Saturday morning at nine a.m. You wake up, you kind of have all these kind of possibilities 
four day, if you're, you know, like normal folks, or not normal folks, but if you don't have to work that day, uh, the whole day is ahead of you to do something, possibly maybe if, if you're a writer, get some writing in music, maybe play some music or be stuck to go to, uh, you know, uh, shopping with your, uh, <laughs> with your significant uh, other. You know, we, we, we may go to Bed Bath & Beyond. I'm, I'm not sure. You yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> then we'll have a nice dinner at the Olive Garden. <laughs> All the possibilities of Saturday after uh, Saturday day are ahead of you when you wake up at nine a.m. So there the you go. World, the world is your oyster. Yeah. That is it. Saturday nine a.m. So we are moving back now to Gary Oldman. We'll take a short break after that. Uh, number three, Joseph Ludwig von Beethoven. Okay, tomorrow beloved. Uh, George, you're number three. This one, uh, you guys probably are not aware of this. Have Have y'all seen him? As Jackson Lamb on on slow horses, no slow horses could drag uh, me away. No, it's not even <laughs> close to that. Uh, you know what's funny is, uh, you know what? She's seriously, so seriously, the song is done by the the show. It's a, a television sh- series. It's the regular debut of of Gary Oldman on TV, but the song is done by Mick Jagger. But it's not. Oh, that's not relatively too, too okay. Yeah, uh, uh, it's, it's okay. Gotcha. It came out. It, it's an Apple TV series uh, started in 2022, and it's about this team of uh, British MI5 intelligence agents, and they've they've all kind of made some career-ending mistake, but not bad enough to get fired. So they just kind of they've been put out to this dumping ground for the department. And Oldman's character of Lamb he's very unpleasant. So he's kind of like the, if you would, the prison warden, uh, you know, he, he manages all these, these losers. Uh, so he's very un, unpleasant to them and deliberately confrontational and just a delicious character. He antagonizes people for fun and he's very flatulent. Uh, that's, you know, really you know, brings, that's brings that that George character. looks for in his that's, uh, He's my spirit animal. He's my spirit animal. But uh, his his job, if you will, uh, his main objective is to make these humiliated agents just to dog them so bad uh, and make it so boring that they remove themselves from service because they can't fire them. But uh, they do it, and uh, his wardrobe is amazing because it is it is as sloppy and slobbish as Peter Falk uh, in okay. Columbo. But uh, it is it is my new favorite Gary Oldman, and I I could have done a list of twenty of these, but this character is so different from anything else I've seen on TV, and different for Oldman. It is really worth uh, checking out, but. Uh, Jackson slow Lamb, horses. slow horses. Uh, I like the the song so much. I I bought it from Apple. Of is it, is it a version of Wild Horses? Something like no. that? Oh. No, not at all. No. <laughs> I wish it were. <laughs> slow. Horses. Sorry to disappoint, Jim, but no. <laughs> That'd be better. All right, my number three is a movie that's an enigma wrapped inside a puzzle. Who killed the president? Oh. Man? I'm dead, man. I'm... Okay, that's Joe Pesci. But uh, Gary Oldman plays Lee Harvey Oswald. <laughs> say you're doing a different character. <laughs> he plays Dan. Dan no Gary Oldman is uh, yeah. Lee Harvey Oswald. Very convincing in uh, Oliver Stone's JFK, which, you know, shot intentionally to look like documentary and some footage, especially when they follow Lee Harvey Oswald around or when they're talking about him, like in the Jack Lemmon exposition, when they show Lee Harvey, you know, associating with people and then... And then uh, when they talk about how he, you know, was caught in a movie theater, they show him. But uh, the uh, it's he has he has the all the, the makeup and the whole kind of uh, droopy eyes of Lee Harvey Oswald. And I think he really, you know, he disappeared into the character. You know, I mean, it's it's a it's kind of a documentary type film, and and the way Oldman plays it, it's, it's not intense Gary Oldman. It's wimpy Gary Oldman to a great effect. So uh, I love this movie. I think it's uh, and you know. What's truth? What do we really know? <laughs> what's what's the real Stone. deal? What, yeah, what is Stone, the truth but, and what is Oliver Stone? <laughs> but I think it's I think it is his best movie cut for uh it's long, but it's it's a good one. And uh Gary Ullman 
does really capture the essence of Lee Harvey Oswald. So this this is another honorable mention for me, Jim. Uh, I I agree with you on it. It was completely different from his other characters and all that. It was a small part, but very effective. Very effective. Yep. All right. So now we move on to our intermission, which is Caitlin presents Rain on the Lake. Ooh. Uh, Should be relaxing. Either that or frying an egg. <laughs> Why can't we have both? <laughs> I was hoping you were going to reprise it. Found the song. Can you hear that? A good song. Slow <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, George. That's the one that I'm going to remember. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, ch- check out the the series, though. It is it is some good stuff. It really is. <laughs> All right, Joseph. Time of the day number three. What you got? Okay, uh, Thursday, three thirty p.m. is considered to be the best time to work out, according to Patrick Schwarn, a professor of nutrition and movement sciences in Maastricht University Medical Center in the Netherlands believes that moderate exercise may have an impact on the food we consume later in the evening and help for faster metabolism. Uh, so there you go. Thursday, I, uh, the reason why I said Thursday is you should be working out actually three times a week, but uh, if you can only work out one time, Thursday is probably the best because it sort of goes <laughs> along with uh, Jim's idea that it's right before the weekend. Uh, so uh, there you go. Thursday, 3.30, working out. George, <laughs> what is your number three? Oh, y'all are going to love this. It is Tuesday uh, afternoon at 1.30. Boy, George is going to be banned. Yeah. This could be the one that gets him kicked out, everybody. Well, let's the hope, nut fiasco let's hope so. and the rope fiasco. This could be. Good. Hey, that that was that rope <laughs> thing. That was your fault. That was my fault. <laughs> All right, uh, my number three is uh, Saturday night at dusk. Now, this is this is your. You got the Saturday over. You probably went shopping, had a nice dinner at uh, our lunch at Olive Garden, or big, big dusk fan here. I'm I'm yeah. noticing a pattern. Here. So you get the golden hour. You're out there, maybe on your patio, having a drink or beverage or something, and maybe just uh, you know, or maybe you're like at a restaurant on the patio too. So you you have the whole night to go out and have fun and not worry about having to wake up and go to work. So Saturday at dusk, I like it. Unless you're a priest. You know, yeah, so then you have to go to work. So then, then you gotta you gotta go to work the next day. All right. Number two, Gary Oldman, Joseph. My number two is a personal favorite. I'm probably not gonna make the list because I don't think George likes this movie very much, but it's Jean Baptiste Emmanuel Zorg from The Fifth Element in I don't like this. This is my number one. Oh, oh I, wow. I, I, I could have sworn in earlier episodes, you're oh. like, it's not a good film. I love oh, this film. Brilliant. I love it, this character. I think it's great. It's the craziest hair yeah. job you've ever seen in your life. But uh, he plays this Southern 
arms dealer in space and it just yes. eats up every scene. If there's ever oh, yeah. a time that you're saying he's overacting, this is it, but it is brilliant. Yeah. Go he, ahead, George. It's your the, number one. Oh yeah. I this is my number one because when somebody says Gary Oldman, I instantly see him in this costume. Uh <laughs> Uh, despite <laughs> everything else that he's done. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a Bruce Willis flick set in 20, uh, 2263, where he's a cab driver who gets drawn into this search for this legendary cosmic weapon that will stop evil, which evil is actually a character in this, uh, and Mr. Zorg. And, uh, but yeah, he, uh, talking about the accent, he said that he played Zorg as a cross between Ross Perot former presidential candidate Ross Perot and Bugs Bunny. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> and, and go back and watch it because you can see kind of what he does with his mouth, uh, how he's got that weird little twitch and things. Well, he's, he has bug teeth. That's the thing that yeah. I always notice. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's doing a Bugs Bunny impersonation. Wow. I never knew Ross that. Perot. But um, you know, he didn't even look at the script. He was uh friends with the director, uh Luke uh Besson. I guess. Um, and he had helped him finance Oldman's 1997 movie, Neil by mouth. So he was kind of like, yeah, you know, I gotta, I gotta kind of do this to, cause he helped me. I gotta help him. But, um, one thing I've always found interesting about this movie, Joseph, and, and I own multiple copies of it, but to have such a strong villain, and strong protagonist, they never meet on screen. They Interesting. They don't even know about each other's existence. Now, uh, Dallas Corbin works for the company, the cab company that Zorg owns because he yeah, owns did, everything. He, yeah, I picked up that, but, but I didn't realize that. But they never, never, they never see originally in the original script, they were going to have a confrontation, a showdown, but they don't. They're in the same place sometimes at the same time, but they never see each other. Uh, and it's executed so well that you don't even realize that you never, and the good guy never encounters the bad guy. But uh, yeah, I love, I love me some Zorg. So there, there, there's not one wasted scene in this movie. Oh, it's there's not one wasted scene. It goes, and I think that's why I can watch it over and over again because it has such a flow to it. I saw this at Deerbrook theater, uh, on a Friday night, opening night. And the audience was so into the movie and the music, uh, and everything. And by the time, uh, what is it? Uh, Rod, Roddy red, uh, Chris Tucker. Uh, yeah. yeah, Chris. But by the time he gets on there, I mean, it was just like a party in that place. Uh, but, uh, and I think that I liked the movie so much because, that's the way I was introduced to it, but it it's, it's wonderful. And he's just crazy in this thing, you know, um, every second, but uh, well, I'm glad it makes it then I'm glad I, I thought yeah. it was a long oh. shot. Cool. How there dare you? So you you're number one. What is your number two, George? <laughs> the best line in this movie that he says is I take no pleasure in taking a life. If it's from a person that doesn't care about it. He is maniacal, corrupt DEA agent Norman Stansfield in Leon, the professional from 1994. And he is this, like I said, this cop that uh, DEA agent that is, uh, it goes in and slaughters a family, uh, drug dealers. And, uh, but the little girl, uh, young Natalie Portman, 11 or 12, Natalie Portman mm -hmm. is with this uh, kind of moves in. Uh, with this assassin. Um, but uh, it's uh, there's so many moments in here where Oldman is so unnerving as this guy uh, and the Beethoven tie in. You remember the scene where he talks about to uh, Matilda's father about his appreciation of Beethoven and all that, mm -hmm. that was completely improvised. Okay. Wow. And the scene was filmed several times that every time Oldman came up with a different improv uh, improvised story on each take, but here's a weird tie in to the Sid and Nancy thing. It's the second Gary Oldman movie shot in the hotel, uh, Chelsea in New York, that historic hotel 
12 years before he was in that hotel filming Sid and Nancy. So cool. Kind of weird there, but, uh, yep. Norman Stansfield. That is is an honorable mention for me. I love the film and I loved him in it. That concludes my list. My number two, he was originally cast by director for Christopher Nolan as the bag mass villain, the scarecrow, but because he was scary Gary at the time. So they went with the whole, his whole villain thing. And then apparently a producer reset, Hey, why don't you take Gary Ullman and make him your, you know, uh, Jim Gordon and the role paid off for him. And it really shines in the dark night. This is my entry for him as opposed to the other uh, uh, ones, because he's promoted, he's working more with Batman in this thing. And he's kind of like a partner and helping him out. And Goldman, I mean, Goldman, Oldman is kind of like restrained, but he's so good in the role too. And uh, a lot of people even think that, you know, besides Heath Ledger, that he really stands out in this movie too. As uh, So um, I know it's a superhero movie, but when you, when you, cast somebody with the weight of uh, uh, Gary Ullman, it does add that that weight to the character, which, which you know, is kind of a throwaway character in other other movies, too. I, I feel like the, the Jim Gordon character. So I, I read or heard somewhere that the biggest compliment he got about that role uh, was some kid or teenager said, well, integrity can be cool. Like he made integrity <laughs> cool yeah, yeah. through this, this character or it, uh, or uh, being upright or something, something along those lines, integrity or something. But, uh, and just and think, like, I mean, if it wasn't from the suggestion from the producer, I mean, sometimes producers have horrible suggestions, yeah. but in this thing, it could have, he could have just been a throwaway, a, a scarecrow in the first movie and just gone, you know, like Cillian Murphy was. I know he, he, he's at the very beginning, I think of dark Knight, but it wouldn't be yeah. the impact that Ullman leaves in Jim Gordon character. I think, like I said, it real shines in the Dark Knight, which is my number two. My number one was Sid, so my list is done also. So let's move on back to the time of the week, and that is number two, Joseph. Okay, so according to WebMD, uh, MD, uh, they recommend weighing yourself on Wednesdays during the week and normally around 8 a.m. So 8 a.m. Wednesday, that's when you weigh yourself because you shouldn't weigh yourself like right before the weekend or right after the weekend because your eating habits are off. That's why they recommend Wednesday. Obviously, you do it when you get through fasting. And there's a little tidbit on this is that the word breakfast comes from the medieval uh, times whenever you would break your fasting rituals. And so normally people would eat in the afternoon and they would not have dinner. They would wait until breakfast to break their fast. So right before breakfast, weigh yourself. All right. There you go. That's, uh, that's really interesting. Um, my, my interesting time, well, it's Tuesday afternoon at one 40 PM, uh, central standard time. That is the best time to do a number two in a top list. Jim, what right. is he doing? This is a radio thing where you have to say the time. Yeah, basically, <laughs> time check. Time I check. told you, I didn't really, and I talked to Tom. He didn't know. Uh, so this is what you get, kids. Right. Yeah. My number two is uh, Monday at 8 p.m. That's when we normally tape the only podcast that matters or, you know, transmit our show, uh, which, of course, is Crispy Coated Robots. Monday at 8 o'clock is when all the intellectual thoughts and some dumber ones also come out. Well, <laughs> well. And some really dumb thoughts come out. Like, you know, best candle and, and you know, uh, best tree. Some of the stuff we've given you in the past. Okay. Which comes out at uh, 8, Monday at 8 p.m. That's when, of course, the show uh, normally does. Besides today with George's Tuesday switch so he can do this. Uh, his amazing <laughs> list today. So, but Monday at 8 p.m. is my number two. And we're moving to number one, Gary Oldman, Joseph. Yeah. So, my number one is uh, another portrayal of a real person. Uh, he won an Academy Award for it, finally. Uh, and that is Winston Churchill in The Darkest Hour from 2017. Uh, he did a fantastic job. And the crazy thing about it is, talk about immersing you know, into the character itself 
you watch it and yes, there's prosthetics help and all that, but really just his mannerisms and things like that. He really goes into the role. It was easy to see why he won it. Whenever I was watching it, this is why I call it performance piece because the, the movie itself is okay. It's not great, but his performance in it is so brilliant and mesmerizing that you can see why he got all the accolades he did for this performance. So Winston Churchill, Darkest Hour is my number one. I will say, this is on my honorable mention, because when he is on screen, first of all, I'm always fascinated by Churchill, Mm -hmm. the the good and the bad of of the man. Um, But uh, when he's on screen, he is mesmerizing. Uh, and that's true of a lot of these roles, uh, like, uh, Stansfield and, and the professional, you cannot look away from, from this guy. Uh, yeah. and as, and as Churchill, the same is true. So I felt like, I, I felt like the movie I was watching Churchill, I wasn't thinking this is Gary Oldman being Churchill, you know, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so the makeup, you know, makeups come a long way. I know when he was in Hannibal as the oh, yeah. survivor oh, yeah. of yeah. Hannibal. That was kind of a ridiculous makeup setup. You couldn't even tell it was Gary Oldman, but you know, right, right. So, but yeah, but but even that, as as uh, Mercer was the last name of the character, uh, even that you're just transfixed. You yeah, know, but, yeah. Uh, Probably the best thing in the movie. He he's able to to draw you in. He really is. Yeah, uh, amazing. All right, on to what we came here for: the number one time of the week, Joseph. Ooh, uh, very very clear cut on this one. My number one is 7 p.m. Saturday night. And the reason why is because, according to Sir Elton John and Bernie Toppin, <laughs> it's 7 o'clock and I want to rock. Because Saturday nights, the night I like, Saturday nights, all Good right, for all right, oh. There you go. There you go. <laughs> number one, 7 p.m. Right. Saturday night. <laughs> That's probably, uh, you know what? I'm going to tell you now, I, I can't not vote for Elton. Uh, and, and well, Bernie no one's for your stuff, George. So, you know, you're going to have a nice little figure. George, what's your number one? I'm guessing Tuesday at 147? Uh, actually, 144. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're quick today. We're quick yeah. on this one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, it is the time that I finished my list is uh, uh, Tuesday at 144. So All right. And my ready number to, one can't be beat. It is Friday at five o'clock. It's five o'clock somewhere. The weekend begins. It's five o'clock somewhere. It's Friday. <laughs> yeah, Friday's <laughs> my day. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, <laughs> there's so many uh, things associated with getting off on Friday and starting the weekend off. So I think it can't be beat. It's Friday at 5 p.m. The weekend has begun and you have two days, two and a half days of uh, fun. So there you go. Uh, that ends our time of the week segment. Uh, any any honorable mentions for time of the week, Joseph? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> I'm good. Neither do I. I, I? I have a couple Gary Olmans. I, I have the uh, I forgot the name of the character, but the stupid looking Rastafarian guy in True oh, Romance. Oh, Drex Drexel. Yeah, uh, just, yeah, uh, yeah. True Romance. Yeah, yeah, and he we, really took that makeup to heart and did that character. I mean, we we all know that kind. See of if thing. I actually if you want some dinner. And you grab the egg roll and start to try down. I said to myself, this mother he's carrying on like he ain't got a care in the world. And who knows? Maybe he don't. That's funny. Yeah. It was sort of this, this sort of Cajun yeah, sort of accent. It was it was all over the place. But what's amazing about it is he literally went from Romeo is bleeding. Yes. Like the last day of filming. Next day he was doing this. Yeah. And, <laughs> oh, and Tom, some, Tom has another clip. He said, look, he's a white guy who thinks he's black and he's a pimp. And I said, I'll do it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> he's a white guy who thinks he's black. <laughs> but uh, honorable mentions for Gary Oldman. The floor is open. Uh, uh, I have I have uh, just one, and that is Sirius Black. Uh, you know, with the Harry oh, Potter series, I, I felt like, I felt like, they did a lot of great casting in that. And whenever I was reading the book before the movie came out, uh, because this is, you know, 2004 Harry Potter and the prisoner of Azkaban. Whenever I read that book that had come out a couple of years before and stuff like that, I always sort of have this image of actors who are in the role. And I was thinking, this is Gary Oldman. 
And so I was super excited whenever he got the role for it because I think he's perfect in it. I get my way, team! 12 years of it! In Azkaban! Tom, you were on tonight. Thank you so much. Tom is on fire. I'm on the prison of Azkaban, right on it. That's very nice. Um, uh, okay, George. So I've got I've got Drexel from True Romance, like we talked about. Uh, Carnegie in in the Book of Eli from 2010. Uh, have y'all seen that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he propels that movie. I mean, yeah, uh, I agree. And it's not a great movie, but I still I I just like him in it. Uh, George Smiley in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, the remake. Uh, I called it Tinker Tailor Soldier. <laughs> it was oh. so slow. It was so slow, George. I, I can't help you, but uh, and then see if I actually if you oh. want some dinner. Can you get the everyone started trying to sit on myself? This guy, he's carrying on like he ain't got a care in the world, and who knows? Maybe he don't. Yeah, I don't know if that was for or against it. Uh, Winston Churchill. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Beethoven and Immortal Beloved. Uh, so nice. Oh, I had one more. His role in Slow Horses <laughs> could drag me away. I did my way, team! 12 years of it! <laughs> what's that funny is, is that George's is torture, uh, you know? It, well, what's funny is it's it's his Randy Newman singing a <laughs> a bad <laughs> version of yeah. it's always could drag me away. <laughs> drag me away. Yeah. All right. So let's go down to the board here unless uh we have a thank you or, or we actually do. Welcome to the latest segment of We're Sorry We Suck. I never uh, I hey, I never agreed <laughs> to that title. <laughs> Well, this one uh, comes from Lisa Dinglison, uh, and boy, she has a beef with us. Uh, she is a uh, official fan of the Harry Potter world. Uh, she says that she belongs to the house of Hufflepuff, and uh, she says that we got something wrong in episode 157, the best I knew it. scenes. Oh. She said that, you know, how dare we not even mention Moaning Myrtle in Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, where they had this full-size oh. bathtub where he discovers the secret of the egg uh, in it. And you know what, Lisa? You know, we're we're just a couple of muggles here. We did not <laughs> get it. We just didn't get it. And for that, we're sorry. Yeah, we suck. I don't so take responsibility for that. Um, there was noted. Uh, noted. I, I, was George knows it. Jim denies it. <laughs> I, 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 I don't agree. know that I agree a hundred percent. You know, there, there's only so much we can do in these lists. Uh, but uh, duly noted. <laughs> Take your dinglesome and go back home. Oh, <laughs> wow, wow. You know, Normally, George is more insulting our audience, but Jim decides. <laughs> sorry, folks. I just, you know, I don't agree. I think we had better bathroom scenes. That's just me. <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh let's see okay so on now to we have three gary oldman matches and no time of day matches so <laughs> where do you want to go first to gary oldman <laughs> i'm gonna fight for tuesday at 121 uh, george none of your crap is getting in. i'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> you should just erase yours from the board right now just to make it easy all right yeah. so let's go to gary oldman we do have sid and nancy fifth element and bait and uh immortal beloved so Yes, I'm gonna fight hard for probably uh Winston Churchill Darkest Hour. Well, that, it was that his was, academy, and that was on my honorable mention, so I certainly so we, can we, do that. We can let that in there. I, I, I reason I didn't put it on mine because I thought you guys would definitely mention it. <laughs> of course, Such a coward. of course, the, How's that the gym coward strategy. Uh, it, it's not fair. You should pick how, the ones that are the most but, important but, to you. You know, I want to talk. But about you don't. Some, I want to talk about some different ones. If all three of us talked about Darkest Hour, then you have a boring show. So I want to talk about some different. Ones. We we have a boring show no matter what. So it does, <laughs> oh, you're wow. not. It's wow. not, no. Wow. Hey, come on, George, come on. George has a letter. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please. There was time now. <laughs> there was was oh, all so. the time I needed. <laughs> it's not fair. It's not fair. George talks like that. It's not fair. 
All right. All right. So, so what we have to choose from is Igor from Air Force One or Egger, uh, Jackson Lamb, which I know doesn't oh, stand a chance. Uh, <laughs> Norman, Norman. Okay. Hey, hey. Norman Sorry. Stansfield. I'll get Tom to turn off your mic. Leo, uh, the professional, couldn't drag me. <laughs> Rosencrantz, uh, uh, Jack from Romeo is Bleeding, Bram Stoker's Dracula, where he is Dracula. Uh, Lee Harvey Oswald, you know, the thing about JFK, everybody in that movie is on fire. Yes. Except Even Kevin Bacon. They need it, to know, man. It, they need to know. They need to know why right? they killed president, man. You, you, got, you got no code. John Candy. Uh, Jim. John Candy. Be everybody except Jimbo. the lead. <laughs> except the lead. Um, and then finally, like Costner in it. You like Costner in it? I found it tedious. Yeah. The best, the best uh, part is uh Sutherland, Mr. X. Yeah. Donald Sutherland. Yeah. 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 That's uh, what should be Sutherland. our best montages episode. Sutherland is good in everything. Uh, but uh finally, Christopher uh Nolan's Batman, he plays Commissioner Gordon. Uh really, uh, honestly, any of uh, I'd be happy to vote anything. for Jackson Lamb for slow horses. Let's do it. <laughs> Jackson uh, Lamb, slow y'all horses. Do, y'all need to see it. Y'all need the to see it. The only reason is... why, so we can do slow horses. <laughs> Whatever it takes. No, what's great about this, guys, is looking at this list, it, you know, we didn't agree a lot because there's so many roles oh, yeah. to choose from. And yes. I think that that's a testament of, like, why we are honoring Mr. Oldman and why the future needs to know about him. Yes, because he has a great horses. body of work. Yes. No, so I thought you were going to say he's got a great body because uh, <laughs> he's got a great body. <laughs> That's mm. why he needs to go into the future. I <laughs> did not wait, oh, 12 God. years of it. Okay. <laughs> All right. I, I don't even, I don't even know how to do this over here. So All we right, end up with, let, hang on. We end up with Sid Vicious, Jackson Lamb. Go ahead, Jim. Slow horses. Good day. John Baptiste, Emmanuel Zorg. Beethoven from Immortal Beloved and the great Winston Churchill performance uh, in Darkest House. Yep. All All right. right, Time of day. All right. So, So George, uh, just erasures. I don't think we got any. I'm going to say. What what uh, if we pick one? Hey, how about this? We pick one day a time for each day of the week. We We were to have choices here. (laughs) <laughs> that's the i can't i could like get tuesday i don't think there. we have tuesday on there that's, that's okay what i'm we saying we only have five days that's right. okay okay right. so monday stock trades i could probably go with that okay i like okay. the. Gonna... You, i mean i think you like the thursday at dusk joseph because i do i do like that one i want to keep that one never at dusk okay uh George wrote something, some profanity on Saturday morning. I know that's clearly his own schedule. That's what he does. (laughs) I didn't leave that out for the. I just misspelled it. I misspelled it. This is a family show. I like. I, uh, you know, we have Thursday. I spent up there the whole board, and y'all just now saw it. So the Saturday morning at nine a.m. or or Saturday dusk, either we want or Saturday seven o'clock. That, that's seven the, o'clock. I think Elton yeah. John. Oh yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of dusk too. We're we're we're, we're kind of yeah, sick. we're right there. We that's sort of like we're agreeing. Wednesday is weighing yourself. I think Friday at, at five p.m. though, because that's like and the, Friday at five p.m. Absolutely, yeah. I, I okay. definitely agree with that. We got room for one more selection. So, so either either okay. Sunday Let, getting air flights. Hang on, hang on, hang Wednesday. on, hang on, Go hang ahead. on. Two. We have Tuesday no, at thirteen p.m. No, one twenty <laughs> p.m. No, doing that crap. All no. right. So it's either. What about, so what about Monday what about, at eight? Hey, hey, hey. What about Monday at eight? We already have Monday uh, for nine forty-five p.m. Tuesday. So. 1.40 p.m. on a uh, Tuesday. Just forget it. Uh, uh, Thursday at 3.30. That'd be good. Yeah, yeah. Working out. Well, we have Thursday out. already. We have Thursday at dusk, though. Oh, uh, how about this? Wednesday, weighing yourself in the morning. Tuesday at 1.44 Okay, that'll work out. That'll work out. Okay, we are weighing ourselves on Wednesday at 8 a.m. <laughs> All of us together will report back next week. Talk about our progress. We, we did that one show. We did weigh ourselves on one show. We did. A, that we did. That was amazing. The, the body, uh, body, uh, morphing body transformation. Yeah. 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 That's right. It was All crazy right. episode. So here's what we got for best time of day, guys. Uh, Tuesday at 1.13. 
Tuesday no, at donut. That's just crap. Monday, 945, Thursday at dusk, 8 a.m. Weighing yourself Wednesday, Saturday at 7 p.m. and Friday at 5 p.m. There you go. List over. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Crispy Code Robots. Thank you for trying, Jim. For all the uh, our merchandise, and of course, we have our list of shows, back shows that we've talked about on this show, and our album show, which you can listen to. Oh, yeah, yeah, Yeah. good stuff. So, crispycutterrobots.com. I believe now it's time to shoot this thing up. This episode, which George, do you want us to shoot it up? Because this is kind of embarrassing for you. I I want to shoot up like (laughs) Sid Vicious. (laughs) That's probably better than actually shooting this thing up for you right now at this point. Dang it, Jim, it's an earworm. Yeah. Slow horses. <laughs> there was time now. Drag me wee. <laughs> All right, so. Does anybody really know what the time right, is? Let's get, <laughs> get the shovels out. Okay, there we go. All right, okay, George, go. go ahead and do your final line, and we won't interrupt the slow horses again. I keep waiting for that. Remember, there's always. All right, I'm out of here. Slow horses. <laughs> drag me away. Michael McDonald. Slow horses. Drag me away. Bob Dylan. Slow horses. Couldn't drag me away. All right, I'm done, George. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.